helping realtors on Vancouver Island stay connected, current, and on the cutting edge. This is the Vancouver Island Real Estate Show. Here's your host, Braden Wheatcroft. Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Braden Weecroft. I'm the Director of Business Development with Remax Camosun and Remax of Nanaimo. I'm very excited to be here with you today, bringing in another industry expert to break down the recent 2018 BC budget announcement and all that pertains to the housing file within it. Today, I am so excited to have with me um, a personal friend of mine, uh, Mike Delves. Mike is a chartered professional accountant and certified general accountant with MMP. He works in the um, real estate and construction niche as a business advisor. Uh, He's also very involved in the community, having been a past chair of the Chamber of Commerce, sat on business improvement associations and many other boards. So Mike is going to bring a really great perspective both on taxes as well as real estate and construction and also small business because he's been an advocate for small business on Vancouver Island for a very long time. So with all that being said, please join me in welcoming Mr. Mike Delves. Mike, thanks so much for being here. Thanks, Braden. I appreciate the invitation to be here and uh, and for the kind introduction. It's uh, it's always good to have the opportunity to chat about some tax with everyone. And I'll uh, I'll try to sound as uh, large brained as your Instagram average uh, average <laughs> uh, proposed. Sorry, uh, my my microphone might have just broke out there a little bit. Did you use use fun and tax in the same sentence? <laughs> yeah, well, that's where I find my fun. Sick, mid though it yeah. may be. No kidding. No kidding. So I imagine, Mike, I, I'm probably not the first person to reach out to you over the last couple of weeks trying to make sense of some of these recent changes. I, I'm curious, uh, what, what sort of questions are you getting asked right now? Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's a continuous process. The, uh, you know, the question that uh, one of the numerous, again, that, that we've been seeing and right through the weekend uh, was from a property management company who, you know, his, his neighbor's got a condo right next to him. He uh, lives in Nanaimo four months of the year. The rest of the time he spends in Vegas. Uh, sounds not too bad to me, but uh, but at any rate, you know, so here's here's person caught by the speculation tax with no warning and significant implications. You just got a twenty thousand dollar bill this year. Wow, wow! And uh, before we we dive into the content and the conversation today, I just want to remind everyone this is a Facebook Live feed, so it is interactive. If you have questions for Mike. Um, here's a great opportunity to ask it. He's probably going to end up tacking it onto my MMP bill, but that's okay. It's on the house today, Mike. Uh, we'll have to make this a quick broadcast. <laughs> um, but let's, uh, the last couple of uh, people I've had uh, interviewed here on Facebook Live, I, they have, they've been real estate experts, uh, both Keith Roy, a uh, high producing agent in Vancouver, um, very politically savvy uh, and then we had Kyle Kerr, a, a high-achieving agent here in Victoria, also the president of the Victoria Real Estate Board, so very much a finger on the pulse. Um, today with you, one of the reasons why I, I was really excited to have you on as a guest is you receive a lot of phone calls from me over the years um, asking to pick your brain about advice, whether it's for myself and my own real estate practice, or also tax advice for my real estate clients, my buyers and sellers. So I want to just... Um, put the context out there that that your audience you're speaking to today are professional real estate agents who serve buyers and sellers here on Vancouver Island. And so what I would like to be able to accomplish is be able to give them some talking points, uh, some background, some context, so that when they're out there in the field working with their clients, the, the buyers and sellers that they serve, they're able to have an informed opinion about some of these changes. Because 
as you know, and I'm sure we'll talk about further, there's a lot of either misinformation out there or even just lack of information. So um, the previous format that we did before is we covered property tax or property transfer tax first, then we went into speculation tax, and then we finished off with foreign buyers tax. We're going to actually reverse those last two because the speculation tax, I want to leave to the end where we have some more time to get into it because really over the last week, that has by far been the one that most people are, are, are sinking their teeth into and scratching their head about. So let's take it from the top, property transfer tax. Uh, what's your overall take as far as what's been announced, um, the commentary on the budget? Yeah, you bet. So, so you know, the the first and uh, and easiest to understand is the changes to property transfer tax. So, um, obviously, you you guys in the real estate game are are well aware of the property transfer tax. So, this is just one more thing to be informed on as you're selling properties. We've got a new two percent on any properties uh, over three million dollars. So that's a uh, you know, it's a it's a bit of a two percent kick in the pants. It's important uh, that everyone's aware that that those costs are there as uh, as properties are transacting. You know, so just to run over our rates again, we've got a one percent tax up to two hundred thousand dollars of value, two uh, percent up to two million, three percent uh, from two to three, and uh, now a couple of points more. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and and so. Um, Obviously, in markets like Vancouver, where the average house price is, is quite a bit higher than uh, our market in Victoria and, and significantly higher than other parts on Vancouver Island, how, how do you see this affecting the local Vancouver Island market, if, if at all? Yeah, great question. And so for individual houses, you know, particularly here in Nanaimo, I uh, know down in Victoria, you've got some high value properties and, uh, and certainly here with some ocean front views, we're, we're creeping up into that range where we've got those that uh, 5% tax kicking in. But it's really not a, uh, specifically about homes that I think that we've got an issue that we've got to address here. It's development properties. Right. So anytime we're moving real estate, this tax is going to kick in. So uh, when you're seeing uh, developers, uh, you know, dealing with large tracts of land, this one's this one's going to be a, a detriment to them for sure. Yeah, absolutely. On, on the big ticket side, it's interesting you say that I was, I was just having lunch last week with a friend of mine who uh, almost exclusively works in the commercial side of real estate. And, and they were breaking down some of these these changes, you know. They had a, I think it was a $20 million uh, land and warehouse deal that just recently went through. And, you know, had it been six months from now, that's going to significantly change the finances and the numbers on that. So commercial definitely being affected. Yeah, absolutely. Is there is anything else? I mean, that's, that's pretty basic uh, overview on, on the property transfer tax. Anything else you want to say on that before we move? Yeah, no, I think that covers it. I think it's just uh, about being aware of it. And, uh, and it's not six months from now. It's, it's right now. Yeah, exactly. Good point. Good point. So any transactions, I believe there was a timeline around when the sale was written and when it has to close by. Is that your understanding? Yeah. So, yeah, so February 21st is our uh, is our budget date. So that's our essentially our effective date of the taxation. Uh, our understanding is, is that any, any transactions that were in progress at that time are grandfathered. So mm-hmm. avoids that taxation. Uh, so hopefully the paperwork got done before then. Hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, well, let's talk about foreign buyers tax. So uh, obviously, this is something we've been able to watch in the Vancouver market now for uh, over a year and a half. Uh, and some of the changes, we also saw they introduced it last year in the uh, Toronto market. I'm not sure if that was if it was all of Ontario or just sort of the core GTA. 
Um, but now we're going to start to experience that on Vancouver Island. Oh, wait, check that. Not on all of Vancouver Island, but specific areas in Vancouver Island. So um, what what do you have to say about foreign buyers tax and what do you look at from a, an accounting perspective? How do you see that having a, an effect on us? Yeah, certainly. So, you know, first thing is just to have a look and see what the implications are. Obviously, the lower mainland, uh, um, you know, Vancouver, Metro Vancouver area has has uh, been, you know, dealing with this 15% tax. They get another 5% now, so it's going up to 20%. And of course, rolling it out to the uh, areas of the province where we're seeing some increased value. So uh, so now, we, you know, it goes out to the Fraser Valley. It goes out to uh, Kelowna and West Kelowna. And then over here on the island, we've got the Capital Regional District and the Nanaimo Regional District, when, uh, which is interesting because, you know, certainly we've seen some elevated uh, prices in uh, in Nanaimo itself. But this is, you know, Cassidy and all the way up to Bowser. So, uh, you know, places like Arrington and Coombs and that sort of thing where, uh, you know, I, did we need to cool off those markets? I don't know. Yeah, and, and not including Courtney Comox, Campbell River, Tofino, northern part of the island. Is that that's right? Now, um, no, is a, a very large national firm. I imagine you guys have many offices in, in Vancouver. Have you chatted with any of the your, your partners or colleagues over there about foreign buyers tax and sort of get to get in sync with them and what what changed for them with their clients? Yeah, certainly. And you know, for uh, for where we're seeing the uh, foreign buyers tax implication is really. You know, we've got people all across the country that are looking to British Columbia as a place to be involved in real estate, and uh, and you know, this is uh, this is one more thing where uh, BC says bring cash. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, no kidding, yeah. or or stay away, uh, which is one of the things I'm hearing a lot from agents. There's there's a lot of uh, in a short amount of time. I can't believe the amount of uh, stories I'm hearing from agents working on the front line with clients from other parts of the world and, and, and other parts of the country, uh, which we'll talk with the speculation tax. And they have serious buyers pre-approved cash on hand wanting to buy here that have now put their plans on hold because of this. And, and you know, that's a, that's a really serious concern for a small business owner uh, running a real estate business. You know, you, you work with, spend a lot of time with these clients and for them to, for no reason of, of yours, for them to just say, you know what, we're not going to move until we have some better clarity on this. That is, uh, that is really a gut punch for a lot of the real estate professionals in the market. Yeah, agreed. And, you know, some of the questions with regards to this and, you know, first, the, uh, given that this tax has been around for a bit, uh, the first thing that comes out is, OK, what are some strategies that we can do to mitigate this? Uh, lots of different mechanisms being uh, utilized out there, including, you know, Canadian trust companies, tax paying Canadian trust companies whose uh, trustees or, or beneficiaries are foreign. Mm-hmm whole bunch of new stuff in this budget to uh, deal with those what they call avoidance measures and so not only are we you know seeing the tax increase the tax expanded geographically but we're also seeing some more measures being put in place to uh, make it a whole lot harder to say manage these taxes so tax avoidance it sounds different than how I normally do it which is avoid doing my tax return on time it's a totally different that's, strategy that's a whole right? different thing it's a whole different thing oh, okay yeah. I, I think, don't know I how think, I got that wrong. Yeah, exactly. And I think one more really important comment to make on the, uh, you know, on the foreign buyers taxes, uh, you know, the, the provincial budget is, is intended to deal with um, housing supply and housing affordability. Uh, so 
the question that is left on our minds here is, uh, is de deterring foreign investment in, uh, in British Columbia properties going to increase our housing uh, affordability and availability? Uh, you know, the concern is that uh, there's lots of foreign buyers out there developing properties and putting homes up. Uh, so if they're not developing the properties, uh, is it going to be a detriment to, to others? Uh, are we going to have as many homes developing? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. So I want to, before we move on from this, I want to circle back to my original opening statement of we're here to communicate to real estate agents in Vancouver Island. So, um, you know, I, I'm very fortunate to work in a brokerage that represents a lot of buyers, uh, both local as well as um, from other parts of, of the country and, and the world. If you were to get a call from a real estate agent who, who's representing clients that, that are unsure, you know, where they stand with foreign buyers, tax implications and whatnot, I mean, what's sort of some of the best practices that, that we can use as realtors to make sure that we're in line um, giving good advice to clients if they have doubts? I mean, other than just give them your phone number. Uh, what would you recommend? What are some of the first steps to make sure that we're being prudent uh, professionals with these changes? Yeah, you bet. And uh, so, you know, uh, first thing, I think it's important to verify uh, residency uh, and verify uh, who it is that's uh, that's uh, the purchaser of the property so we can make some informed decisions. Because uh, there are certainly some circumstances where, you know, maybe we've got foreign buyers, but really their intention is to acquire it for uh, someone who's going to be a resident, be it a family member or a business associate. So, uh, you know, managing how those deals are uh, undertaken. Uh, maybe the beneficial ownership is a Canadian resident and it's just the funding is being provided for him. So uh, making very sure that we're taking advantage of the opportunities who all is involved? What is the benefit of the property? And is there an opportunity for this to be a, you know, a Canadian resident that's making the purchase? Great. Thank you for that. Um, okay. You ready for this? I'm Speculation ready. tax? <laughs> yeah. So this has really got uh, the real estate industry reeling and, and rightfully so. I mean, there's a lot of, of uh, stories that I'm hearing as, as I was mentioning to you where, uh, people have active clients that are now on the sidelines uh, waiting to see what's going to happen. And it, it's interesting, the, the, the conversation points, because we talked about the clarity part. Like, as I was doing research, as we talked yesterday, preparing for today's interview, there is no shortage of articles online. I think you Google BC speculation tax and you're you know, already five or six pages deep on Google. And it's all headlines and, and stories. And yet, there really isn't a lot of information out there about it. They, we understand the intent, but in terms of how it's actually going to be executed, we don't have a lot of clarity. What What do you understand? How are you interpreting the speculation tax as it's been rolled out with the information we have available to us? Yeah, you bet. So this is uh, this is certainly the the big one, as as uh, we talked about earlier. Uh, the buzzword out there from the provinces that they're bold measures. This is definitely a bold measure. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's pretty far reaching, uh, you know, so when we go back to the, uh, to the intentions and the BC budget, it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, tackling speculation is the, you know, the first one in the housing plan, uh, you know, curbing demand and, uh, and increasing supply. So this is the tackling speculation, speculation piece. Uh, and the, the tax is called speculation tax. So it's, 
you know, saying, yep, people are buying and trading VC real estate just like they would a stock. Uh, and, I, you know, if the measures were focused as, as such, but it's certainly impacting uh, far and wide individuals who are owning properties for the purposes of owning and using property, not just speculating about it. Well, and you bring like the, the word speculation, like I, I was in this research, I thought, okay, I got to get clear on the definition of what speculation is. So I, I, you know, you Google it, you see what the dictionary definition is. And I don't know about you, but when I hear that word, to me, it conjures up images of, of investing, like whether it's equities or, or bonds or, or, you know, um, commodities and such. And, you know, I get that there are people who are parking money in properties in British Columbia. And yet this, this policy seems to be so farther so much farther reaching than that because a lot of people who own either a secondary property because hey you know what they've done well in life and they want to have a recreational property they you know their kids their family use it uh, or you have people who are maybe moving here in five years from Ontario that have purchased a property in advance you know they've been working with the realtor they've been maintaining it they've been paying property taxes on it in the hopes of moving here um, you know when they retire and now they're being penalized for it to me, this doesn't seem the same as, as speculation because it's all coming down to what's the utility of the property. I use it for recreation or I'm going to move into it at some point in time in the future. And now I'm being treated like essentially a pre-sale condo flipper who wants to get in and out before it's even built to make a quick buck. That's not really the story that I'm hearing right now. I'm curious, what's your take on that? Yeah, certainly. So, uh, you know, since the since the budget came out on the 21st, uh, the I haven't had any speculators uh, knocking down my door for what the question is. This is all multi-property owners. So this is exactly as you said. So recreational property holders uh, or, you know, as you say, people who have got a residence in one community and perhaps a working home in another. You know, certainly Nanaimo is one of those places where, where people have come, bought a residence here so that they can have their family here, their home here. Uh, but lots of work in either the lower mainland or in Victoria where they've got to have a second property because they're spending their weekdays down there. Uh, and, you know, from what we see, you, you only get one and you can't rent it yourself. So uh, so it's, you know, basically the, the budget has come out saying, nope, everybody only gets to have one property. And if you've got more than that, we're going to tax you on it. Yeah. And, and I want to try to see if we can pull out some of the, uh, uh, from the material, and, and I'll just put this out there and say, like, everything that I'm commenting on or asking you about is is not the Globe and Mail, it's not CBC, this is all right off of the government's website. They produce a number of PDFs sort of explaining short form and long form their, their plans. So when we talk about rental period, there really isn't a lot of clarity on that. Like, are we renting for uh, a month, a week, uh, is this something that you would need to have a 12-month a lease in place in order for it to be qualified? Like, what's what's your interpretation of that or, or just your sense of it? Yeah, good question. So so uh, what the terminology is long-term rental. Uh, so what the definition of long-term is, uh, don't have any definition on that yet. Uh, so, and that's where, again, you know, there's a lot of speculation about the speculation tax. Uh, so, you know, generally we would see a long-term rental uh, as, uh, as you know, with a, with a year plus contract, uh, is a month good enough? Uh, maybe, but probably not, uh, is six months good enough? We don't know. So, and, and not only that, but so, so our, we've got three principal exemptions mentioned by the minister of finance here. We've got uh principal residence, 
long, qualifying long-term rental properties. I'm not sure what an unqualifying long-term rental property would be. Uh, and certain special cases. We've got a third one in there that says certain special cases, but nowhere out there that's that definitely that's definitely for special case, right? Like how, it doesn't give us a lot of clarity. So no, no. that's important. Um, what about satellite families? Because that yeah. was I, I kept reading that in there, and like to me, I don't know what a satellite family is. Like, is that a family that hasn't moved over to Netflix yet? or some other family, like, you know, maybe we drive down the street, we can see the satellites, we know who they are, but like, what, is that a, a term that you've heard before? Cause I, that, that's a new one to me. Yeah, it was a new one to me too. And uh, yes, yeah, certainly uh, envisioning the giant disc on the, on the roof as that satellite family, but, but no, specifically, I think it's the, the terminology that I referred to before is where, uh, where anyone who's got a uh, residence in perhaps a different place than they, than they work. So, uh, so those, you know, families who, Maybe multi-career families. Um, wife works in Vancouver. Husband works in Nanaimo. They need a place for everybody. Uh, th that would that would be a typical situation of a of a satellite family. And and it can be certainly farther and wider than that. You know, uh, uh, we see a lot of folks uh, from Alberta, for example, mm -hmm. uh, where we've got you know residents here on the island, uh, work in Calgary, or vice versa. Uh, all of those multi-property situations. And, and, you know, you think of it like, um, I know one of the intentions the government has here is to try to create situations where we don't have vacant homes just sitting there. But, you know, you, you and I um, both worked in Nanaimo for a long time. You still do. I, I did just till recently. And we know at the Vancouver Island University, there's a tremendous amount of international students that attend that university. Uh, and it's been a huge, huge thing for the Nanaimo community. It's really changed the, uh, the whole, you know, dimension of the downtown core a lot of the restaurants are now more uh doing doing better as a result so like you have a you buy you, you live in another country you come into Nanaimo and you buy a condo for your kid or your children to live in is that that's not you're not renting you're not earning income so that would fall into this window of speculation tax would it not it, it you know all things that Indicators are that yes, that would certainly be the case. Uh, or if at very least, it's going to be a lot of hoops to jump through uh, uh, to determine whether indeed you know what a long-term rental is. Is a semester good enough? Is a year of school good enough? Um, and and is is there does there need to be a rental agreement in place where kids are now paying paying their parents rent for a property? And uh, you know, are they even able to do that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, when we talk about boundaries, I just want to clarify, uh, with the foreign buyers tax, you, you'd mentioned that it's, it's moving from lower mainland to, you know, Kelowna, West Kelowna, uh, Fraser Valley, Victoria, um, the capital region, and then also regional district of Nanaimo. Yeah. Is that also the same territories and boundaries for the speculation tax or is it province wide? No, that's exactly right. Speculation tax is just those boundaries as we discussed. So Metro Vancouver, Fraser Valley, uh, Kelowna, Capital District, and uh, Nanaimo Regional District. So again, targeting those those areas where we've seen some escalated prices. Um, but you know, again, here in Nanaimo, I'm not seeing a lot of empty properties. Although uh, I, I I haven't seen any statistics behind it saying, yep, there's a whole bunch of uh, properties sitting out there parked with nobody living in them. Um, and uh, and so just to be clear, we've got 2018, we've got, you know, a $5 per thousand or a 0.5% taxation. But 2019, this this number goes up to 2%. Uh, 
Uh, and that's a that's a fair size pill. Uh, and again, you know, not seeing it come through legislation, but that's that's the conversation that's out there. Uh, and with, of course, uh, you know, if we if we look through the uh, documentation, if you look at the Minister of Finance FAQ, it says, don't worry, uh, if you're paying tax in British Columbia, you're going to have a tax credit that offsets that. Um, you know, that's not necessarily going to be the case, depending on how much tax you're paying in the province, um, you know, to to recover uh, the entire uh, the the new speculation tax uh, uh, against provincial tax. If it's a you know dollar for for dollar piece, uh, you know you've got to be earning one hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year. Right, right. So, am I hearing you correctly then that the the more you're earning, the more you're getting back in a credit, or is the other way around? Yeah, well, uh, you could be leaving the credit on the table because what it's indicated is that it's a non refundable tax credit. Uh, it's possible that this could carry forward to be used against future years. But if your income is consistent and your property holdings are consistent and you're continually leaving it on the table. So uh, perhaps if I give an example, I need like pictures. Uh, if you, if you had like a pop-up book or something for me, that would be really good. <laughs> Tax yeah, by so, numbers, break it down for us, Michael. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so so uh, so just using an example, this is a share of the comments. How, how about uh, uh, retired couple? Uh, so you know these folks have worked hard. They've bought their recreational property here. Uh, you know maybe in Nanaimo, maybe in Victoria, and they've got uh, it's five hundred thousand dollars. So this is a cheap property. So in two thousand and nineteen, when the tax comes in, that's a ten thousand dollar tax. Uh, if they're earning seventy thousand dollars maybe they're paying $4,000 of provincial taxation on their income tax return where this credit's supposed to lie. So you've got a $10,000 tax uh, credit offsetting against $4,000 of tax. It's non-refundable. Those people are leaving $6,000 of tax on the table the way I read it. Wow. Wow. That's that's a pretty uh, significant bill. Um, now, I, I don't believe I actually mentioned this in your, your bio, um, that you're also currently the sitting treasurer for the Vancouver Island chapter of the Canadian Home Builders Association, right? Yeah, yeah that's correct. From your membership standpoint, like, what are you hearing right now? Because that, that association has everyone from real estate agents to builders, uh, tradespeople, um, people who work in insurance and financing. So it's really a housing-centric organization. You guys do a lot of great work what's what's sort of the commentary right now amongst the either the, the board or just the me, uh, general membership yeah it, you know first to lead to you know canadian home builders association uh, we were, you know it's uh, national provincial and uh, and local uh, um, uh, divisions of it and so from chba bc one of the biggest comments was we need to see how we can uh, exclude uh, development properties from this because you know, if you're adding the speculation tax, you're adding the uh, maybe it's a the the foreign buyers tax and, and additional property transfer tax. Uh, you know, if you add all of those things up, it, it it's uh, it those costs are going to get passed on to homeowners. So it doesn't help on uh, home affordability for those homes that are developed. And if it deters the developments themselves, uh, you know, one sure way to bring prices of a product down is to increase supply. Uh, this could be decreasing supply. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, 
yeah, with that. So I, I want to ask because uh, we're we're part of um, several boards here on Vancouver Island and and a larger provincial organization. Like I, I'm curious from your standpoint in terms of of getting our voice heard. You mentioned something to me yesterday that I found really interesting. You said you know the one good thing about this is that the way it's been presented, it's, it's a conversation. So yeah. hopefully there's going to be input that happens between now and when the facts actually come out. And just to clarify on that, when this actually becomes legislated, we don't know those dates exactly, do we? No, that's that's correct. Although we can sort of forecast it based on, uh, you know, previ- to pr- previous approvals of taxation and budgets in, in past years. Like uh, commentary and expectation is, uh, is that it would be in the fall. And so... You know, my recommendation would be certainly talk to your associations, talk to the uh, the Vancouver Island Real Estate Council, uh, Real Estate Board, uh, you know, talk to your chambers of commerce. Uh, certainly we're open to those discussions at the home builders. Uh, and, uh, and you know what, talk to your MLAs as well. Uh, certainly uh, any of the feedback that, that they can get now is the time because uh, if nobody says anything, the, the taxes will be as they are. Absolutely. And they still may be regardless. Um, yeah. Okay. So the last question I want to ask before we wrap up here, Mike, is is again from from a you advising a group of realtors. Um, this has created a lot of speculation around what the impact's going to be, what the actual details are going to be. So we have now active buyers sitting on the sidelines, not knowing what to do. I mean, what what if you could anything? What what can you do to? Uh, help put realtors at ease or give them the tools so they can put their clients at ease. Um, is there any words of wisdom or uh, accounting advice or, or anything you can say as, as another tool in, in our, in our realtor tool, toolkit that we can better serve our clients with? Yeah, no, I, I, at this point, uh, the first thing is to be informed on what the tax items are. So hopefully, uh, uh, you know, more communication is just like you're doing here, Braden. So this is great for you to be, uh, out there making sure that everyone's educated on it. I think it's really important for everyone to know what the possibilities are. Uh, the last thing we want is uh, property buyers to uh, you know, be in the middle of a deal and having surprise tax that they weren't aware of. So that's going to be our first things. Uh, and, uh, and then next is, uh, is talking about what the possibilities are for different holdings. Uh, there are strategies that are out there. And uh, as this is very new, only just last week, um, that, uh, you know, that there are strategies out there, so speak to an advisor, uh, see if there are different holdings opportunities, uh, different ways to hold title, um, different ways to invest in properties, different agreements. All of those things will be looked at uh, in the very near future by a whole lot of people to help mitigate what the potential impacts are. Fantastic. And and just in closing here, uh, I know MMP does produce a lot of uh, great content. I, I receive their newsletter from time to time and you guys don't waste time. It's usually right around any changes, uh, whether they're provincial or federal. I, I seem to get a newsletter the next day with a, a briefing and what to expect and all that. Uh, if people wanted to take your advice and educate themselves more, what's from an MMP perspective, what would be the best way to do that? Is it get on the newsletter list? Is it reach out to yourself? Um, how can people engage with you? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, reaching out to myself is a great way uh, or they can go right to mnp.ca and, uh, and be informed on the updates. We got news feeds. We're all on the, all on the social media. Uh, so uh, <laughs> by all means, uh, reach out in all those different mechanisms. But you know, it's a it's a great thing to do to uh, get out there on the uh, on the ministry ones as well to catch the details too, because uh, uh, you know, being informed is uh, is going to help make better decisions. 
Fantastic. Well, Mike, on behalf of myself and everyone watching here and that will watch the rebroadcast, I just want to say thank you so much for uh, being a, a great advisor to us. Uh, you've definitely given us a lot to work with, lots to think about. We might have to have you back on because I probably haven't asked all the questions I need to. <laughs> you know what? I'm happy to uh, happy to help anytime. Uh, it is what I do. Awesome. Thanks so much, Mike. Have a great day. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks.